may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, worship team. How powerful was that? Beautiful. I like that new guitar, brother. I like that new guitar. I know you're thankful for it. Amen. We're thankful for you, buddy. Amen. I, I, uh, I, how many of you go online and Facebook and listen to him when he sings and plays? I know I do. I enjoy it. I don't know what he's saying and playing, but I love it. It sounds good to me. I want him to have jam, jam sessions with me, but he, he doesn't invite. <laughs> I'm a little old school, but he's old school too. He can really play just about anything. And I, and I love you. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. How many be traveling next week out of town to go for Thanksgiving? Anybody? A couple of three or four or five, six, seven, eight, nine. Be careful. Watch, watch for the deer. You may have heard about Serena and Gary took off to go to Wyoming to see Brandon and the new grandbaby who's getting dedicated today. Uh, the baby is. And, uh, they got to Clinton and, uh, it was dark and the curve and, uh, and there were three deer standing there. And Gary said, they looking at me like a deer looking at, at lights, headlights. So he took one of them out and uh, took out his grill. And uh, we went, picked him up, brought him back. And they took off again. So it's going to be a great night tonight. We want you to come and enjoy the presence of the Lord. And uh, we want to appreciate all the people that make it happen here. Um, Nancy and Peter, it's good to see you. God bless you. Welcome. Glad to have Let's welcome the Martins. They are beautiful friends and family. And we're glad to have them. If you're new to Oak Grove and you're here, we welcome you. We're just buying time where all of our musicians and singers can come in. That's what you're wondering. And um, and uh, and we just want everybody, we don't want anybody to miss miss this because I believe the Lord has given us a word for today. And uh, I believe you're, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you enjoy your holiday uh, Thanksgiving with your family. Safe travels to you. I'm serious on the deer issue. Uh, they come out when you least expect. And it doesn't take but a little bitty bump to cost you $3,000 worth of repairs. And they usually get up and run away. No problem for the deer. Big problem for us. So I'm thankful that the Lord spared Gary and Mason and Serena. Could have been worse. Could have flipped the truck. I hear it all the time, people uh, having accidents and such as that. So Glad to have all of you. I think everybody just about is in. I want to talk to you this morning. You know, we've been in a series uh, on on the goodness of God and the and the uh, the idea of of knowing God, but more importantly, uh, knowing that God knows. And uh, for me, it's brought peace to me. I don't know what the series has done for you, but it's brought peace to me. We dealt with Nebuchadnezzar, who was who was a king, who was very arrogant and proud until until you know he. One day gets on the rooftop and says, look at my kingdom. Look at all that I built and I am so great. And it wasn't long after that uh, the Lord spoke, uh, said, if you don't repent, you will be eating grass like a cow. And um, one year the Lord gave him to repent and he did not. And he was eating grass like a cow. How many believe God is serious about his word? When God gives a word, he is serious about his word. You can pretend. And you can deny it. You can rebel against it. But how I many know if he said it, it will come to pass. And so, um, and so, um, we hear Nebuchadnezzar come out of that and say, uh, Yahweh God is God and deserves all the thanks and praise. So whatever he has to do to get you to praise him and thank him, he will do. We're living in a culture today, though, especially in America. I don't know about other 
nations. I'm sure it's like that everywhere. I said, how many know our world seems to be in a chaotic state? And it's going to create an atmosphere of cataclysmic proportions. Bad things are going to happen if we don't repent as a people, uh, citizens of this earth, whatever nation. But especially for Americans, how I many know we need to get back to God? We need to really get back to God. And I want to share with you 2 Timothy chapter 3. The first part of the message is going to be heavy duty. And then I'll lighten it up for you to be able to enjoy your turkey tonight. I don't want to leave you with a negative, but uh, the powerful portion of Scripture. And so let's take a look at it. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Uh, I want to talk to you about an unthankful generation. I'm not talking about uh, the generation now. The, the whole the whole world has come to this place of forgetting God, forgetting to acknowledge God, uh, desiring to do anything to acknowledge self, and self has become the God of this world. And the God of this world, Satan, has really blinded the eyes of people, hasn't he? And so 2 Timothy 3, um, understand this, that in the last days, dangerous times of great stress and trouble. I love the Amplified Bible. It just kind of amplifies it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be, I wish I can tell you, hey, you know, you know it's all going to be good. But uh, I'm just reading the Bible. Don't, don't, uh, don't throw tomatoes at the messenger. I'm just reading the message. Great stress and trouble is heading our way. It's going to come. Difficult days that will be hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self, narcissistic, self-focused, lovers of money, impelled by greed, boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. And I highlighted the one I want to talk about today. Could you shout it? Ungrateful. Mixed within these characteristics, sins of the spirit, is ungratefulness, ingratitude. Unholy, profane, isn't that something? And they will be unloving, devoid of natural human affection, calloused and inhumane, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, devoid of self-control, intemperate, immoral, brutal, haters of good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of sensual pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of outward godliness or religion, which is bondage. Although they have denied its power, for their conduct nullifies their claim of faith. And it ends with saying, avoid such people and stay far away from them. What an encouraging message. Happy Thanksgiving. I just come to bless you. (laughs) There's a reason the Lord gave it to me, you know, as we conclude this series on God knows God knew and does know the condition of our culture and how many know the church needs to wake up to it because some of the sin uh, the the ingratitude has crept its way into the church ingratitude said pastor I'm thankful well let's see what happens at the end of this (laughs) how can we find contentment in an unthankful culture be thankful turn your neighbor just say be thankful Say, so, Pastor, I came in today. I don't really have a whole lot to be thankful for. Well, I beg to differ. That is an Ozark, Ozarkian term. I beg to differ. Okay, so if you're from somewhere else, you just need to get into the culture here, okay? I beg to differ. 
be thankful. Ingratitude is a symptom of a society on the brink of spiritual collapse. Unthankful, right smack in the in the middle of that, unthankful. And so I chose to talk about this for a couple of reasons. I mean, the opposite of Thanksgiving is is uh, is unthankful, right? And uh, it's one of the most acceptable sins in the church. Grumbling has replaced uh, been replaced uh, Thanksgiving, uh, and the reason is they threw the Bible away. They threw the Bible away. Way back when, Madeline Murray O'Hara helped America decide that we don't need to pray in our schools. They threw the Bible away. Hey, if you throw the Bible away, Satan's going to replace the Bible with something else. If you get rid of, if you get rid of thankful heart, I mean, oh, an ungrateful heart is going to take its place. And there are consequences to the choices we make. The Apostle Paul gives us an answer to why our culture is self-destructive. They're ignoring the Creator. Romans chapter 1. They're ignoring the Creator and worshiping self. The God of this world. Me, me, and my, my. And they're, and they're not seemingly happy about anything. Picking apart everything. Nothing's good. Nothing's good enough. You get the iPhone 10, there's another one coming out. In two, in two minutes. Get the iPhone 28, 30. Don't worry, next month there'll be an 80. Never, never satisfied. Just always clawing, and grabbing, and taking, and give me, give me, give me. And it doesn't really breed a giving spirit. And so they exchange the truth of God for a lie, threw the Bible away, and began to say, it's really whatever I want to be. I'll be whatever I want to be, and I'll do whatever I want to do. And uh, and if everything doesn't line up uh, to the stars in my atmosphere, then it's not good. And so sing my song and put the temperature on my temp. I want you to know I, I, I heated the place up for you today. Against my own personal judgment. You're welcome. You're welcome. See, somebody said thank you. It's Thanksgiving. You get it once a year, and that's it. Bring the blankets the rest of the year. You're done. So if you're not even, <laughs> so if you're not even going to acknowledge that God exists, you're surely not going to be grateful for all He is and all He's doing. Hebrews said it's impossible to please God without faith. For for to believe God, you must be, believe that He exists, and that's He's the rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. You have to diligently, he has to be part of the the situation. Grumbling and complaining has become not only a national pastime as a nation with all the blessings we have. People can focus on things they don't like and spend a lot of time complaining and grumbling all the time. And it's percolated itself inside the church. Me church. And so many people feel like not only they're right, but their responsibility to complain about anything they don't like. We pick things apart, become so much part of the culture. We have to be careful that we don't become ungrateful. ungrateful. Are you hearing me? And so what about the church? Being unthankful is an underlying issue. Even the church, ultimately, it results in rebellion and rejection. Oh, pastor, come on. Don't you think that's far-fetched? Well, the Word of God says you reap what you sow, right? You sow a grateful spirit, you will understand that 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 everything comes from God. He's creator. 
He's blessed us. How many here feel blessed? Well, you made, you, 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 you made a good time to say amen. I am grateful for the blessings. We just sang it. I am grateful for the faithfulness of God. Did I get my way all the time? Do I have everything I need? Every year the girls say, Daddy, what do you want for Christmas? I say, two things, two things, love and respect, to which I never have got. No, I'm teasing. They always. It's always a bad time at Christmas. I get it. I get it all the time. I just don't really find myself needing a whole lot. So being unthankful is poison. The, the word of God says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen? It's, it's an attitude of gratitude. Even in the church, though, gratitude has been replaced with grumbling. And it's not God's plan for you to pick everything apart. Be happy. Be content. Find peace. If your peace and contentment is conditioned upon your surroundings and your situations, you're going to be miserable for a long time. Kind of like the sign that was in St. Louis whenever... Uh, Lewis and Clark was trying to discover and go across to the West Coast. And he had a sign that said, pick your rut carefully. You're going to be in it for a long time. Yes. If you're not careful, your mindset could be controlled. And people today are making choices as if there's no consequences to their choices. But the Bible says very clearly, you will reap what you sow. I tell you, you 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 have the uh, opportunity, the potential, the propensity to live in peace and contentment, to find it. The Apostle Paul found it, right? And that's a quality that God longed for his children is to find it. Lack of thanksgiving because of lack of contentment. And I'm asking God today that you would learn to count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God has done. We so easily forget. Paul says, I rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. So a heart of praise is the remedy for a heart of ingratitude. Unthankful heart needs to be replaced with a praising heart. I wonder if we can just give God a big old praise right now. Just give him a praise right where you are, right where you're seated. Just give him a clap and praise. Find something. Just make it up. Just make it up. Just say, thank you, Lord. Amen. Ray, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, he says, it's imperative that I say it again. I say, rejoice. You have a choice and you can choose joy. You can choose to be grateful. And I don't know, have you noticed how ungrateful people are in our culture today? I mean, that thank you and that please, man, that went out a long time ago before Barney. My girls were growing up and Barney, the purple elephant, you see, talking about please and thank you. They're called the magic words. If animals could speak, you'd hear the fishes and the birds singing, please and thank you. They call the magic words. Say them in the morning, the evening, night. Okay. Hey, hey, hey. When you get my age, you watch Bluey and you do, you do all kinds of things you never thought you would do. My Pandora has kids praise. Driving down the road, my father Abraham trying to drive another time. Man, he's Father Abraham. And my sore shoulder, I'm like, Lord. So, so Paul does want to help us see find, finding contentment. Obviously, knowing God is a way to find contentment, but we lack giving thanks because we lack contentment. So 
So this is how we're going to find it. Philippians 1, I thank my God. I thank my God. One of uh, Hudson's favorite songs is, I thank God. It's an awesome song, right? I thank God. I thank my God. In every remembrance of you, Paul says to the Philippians, writing from a jail. Not sure where you're praising from. A comfortable pew. How is it that we can't find contentment and praise in a comfortable pew, in a worship-filled setting, atmosphere, when he's praising God in a prison? Help us, Lord. Always offering every prayer of mine with joy, with joy, and with specific requests for all of you, Paul says. I'm thanking God for your participation, for your partnership, both your comforting fellowship and your gracious contributions. He's definitely been a pastor in advancing the good news regarding salvation from the first day I met you or you heard it until now. I'm convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work, come on, church, the one who started this thing in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus Christ, the time of the Lord's return. So I started off with with 2 Timothy. In the last days, perilous times will come. This is the way it's going to be. It's not going to be pretty. People are going to be offended. Jesus said many offenses will come. Cataclysmic cataclysmic, uh, earthquakes and and, uh, in diverse places and tornadoes and hurricanes and, and tsunamis and anything you can imagine. And knowledge will increase and and people will be offended on every end. Men are so hypersensitive today. My goodness, you say good morning. You you talking to me? My morning's not good. You know. Well, help me, Lord. Go back to bed. Come out on the other side. I don't know what to tell you. My mom used to say you get glad in the same shoes you get mad in. Some of them you need a whole lot of pair of shoes. So Paul's insight concerning contentment, obviously, is first through knowing God. Amen. And that's why this series has really blessed me because I'm understanding what, what God knows. I don't know everything God knows, but I do know that God knows everything. Let me say that again. I don't know everything God knows, but I do know that God knows everything. And there's nothing I'm going to go through that he's not totally fully aware of. He's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Even in the days ahead, even in the days ahead, because... Because my contentment is not in this world. Set your affections above. Come on now. You need to get an eternal perspective. If you get only an earthly perspective, you are going to be a very unhappy camper. Very unhappy camper. And so he's saying it's through knowing God and it's through knowing God's people. God's saying, uh, uh, the word of God is Paul saying, hey, uh, He's content, first of all, because the people of God has placed in his life. How many of you are grateful for some of the people God placed in your life? Hey, they're called gifts, right? Not not just the five-fold ministry gifts. I know you're thankful for me, and I'm thankful for you. God gave you a pastor. I know you wanted to give him back, but there's no refunds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a gift. I'm a gift. You're welcome. Yeah, and, and you, you know what? And you're a gift, and you're a gift to me. No, 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 I get it. You're a gift to me. But haven't you looked at a, a gift, in the, uh, gift and say, wow, thank you? How many of you ever got a gift for Christmas like, oh, wow, thank you? You shouldn't have. No, really. You really shouldn't have. 
<laughs> you could have saved your money. Uh, anyhow, we read about it. I give thanks to God in remembrance of you. Always praying with joy for all of you in every prayer. So, so he's saying, God is my witness how deeply I miss all of you with the affection of Jesus. He is thankful for the people. In chapter 4, he's again thanking them for, for what they are willing to do for him. You know, I'm not sure if you're thankful for the people in your life, but are you thankful for what they've done for you? I mean, a lot of people have done a lot of things for me. I'm so grateful for my wife. She introduced me to Jesus. I'm thankful. I mean, she 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 had him, and if I was going to have her, I was going to have to get him. And that was it. And so I did go after him, but I'm glad I got her. It was a package deal. And that's why she dated me another year, okay, engagement, they call it, to make sure I was really saved. I don't know if she regrets it, but there's no refunds. We still do. We still do. So so Paul's saying that when I think of the people God places in my life, I can be thankful uh, for what they've done for me. Man, it's like the turtle on top of the fence post saying, how did I get up here? I mean, no, turtles can't climb a fence post. Have you ever seen a turtle climb a fence post? They just can't. I'm going to put this over here because it bothers Melissa whenever I mess with her. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the people, for the people. Mentors. Uh, I had a, I had a superintendent, Brother Cecil Janway. Uh, he called me one day at church. It was a Wednesday at my first church. I'm 28 years old, pastoring Melissa and I, just a young couple. Took a church nobody wanted. It seems like I only had three, three pastorates, and nobody was in line to get them when I got them. I mean, if young people have a call, they ought to be willing to take whatever's out there. That'll help you grow in the Lord. We start planting churches. Why are you planting them? There's 7,000 of them that need a pastor right now. Why are you planting a new one? Take the old one and make it a good one. That'll help somebody preach, but not in the district. But it'll help somebody. It'll help somebody. So anyway, my superintendent called me. said, Pastor Ron, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting ready for tonight. I'm getting ready for tonight, Pastor. He said, well, you got a minute? I said, sure. He said, well, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go in your mind's eye. Thinking, okay, he's getting up in age and he's traveling in his mind, but he wants me to go with him, so I'll go. He said, "Go outside the church and in your mind, and I want you to look around." He said, "There's parking lot is full, it's full, no place to park." He said, "You got it?" I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "Now go back inside." He said, "The church is absolutely full. People are standing on the walls, standing room only. The house is full." He said, "You got it?" I said, "I got it." He said, "Now go down to the front." He said, "You're." You're attending your own funeral. There's a casket down there. He said, I want you to walk up to the front. Take a look in there. Then I want you to sit on the front pew. He said, the service is starting. He said, Melissa's going to get up and say something about her husband. And I thought, nope, service is over. Service is over. I'm glad my life is over. No. Uh, she's going to say something about her husband. What is she going to say about you, Pastor Ron? What is she going to say about you? Thinking, I don't know. I don't really know. <laughs> but I hope it's good. She said, after that, your daughters are going to get up and say something. Tori was five then. What is your daughter going to say about you? Pastor Ron, big man of God, 
you got this, big leader. Well, then by that time, uh, he said, your deacons one by one are going to stand up and say something about you too. I thought, could somebody please end this service? Anyway, he said, I'm just calling to tell you that you're attending your own funeral. I'm going to hang up now, but I want you to go to the altar and attend your own funeral. He said, I want you to wake up from that altar. And he said, I want you to, I want you to live every day so that what they have to say is true. That's big. That's called attending your own funeral. Today at the altar, if you'd like to come and attend your own funeral, we're all here. We'd love to attend it with you. So that that was a great inspirational person in my life. I think about teachers and mentors all the time, even through Bible school. Charlie Greenaway was a great mentor, died in 93, crossed Africa on a Harley Davidson. That's just cool to me. That's cool to me. I just think it's cool. One day he said he was uh, face-to-face with a witch doctor. He didn't really know what to do. So he said the name Jesus. Jesus. He said that witch doctor took a step or two back. Said, well, it worked. He said, I think I'll say it again. Jesus. And Charlie said, as far as I know, that witch doctor's walking somewhere in back, backwards today in Africa. I mean, no, there's power in the name of Jesus. And he just taught me the power of God and taught me the mission of God and taught me to love missions and love the word of God and in the work of God. And then, and then Bobby, Bobby Wilson became my pastor, pastor. I'm so grateful. He died a couple of years ago. And, uh, and so when I think about people and all they've done for me, I think the blessings of friendships, uh, of Bobby who took me into his heart. It's too long and too personal, but I don't know if I would still be in ministry today, if he would not have been so faithful to the Lord and to me facing crisis as a pastor. Don't you, aren't you grateful for people in your life? If you're not, you ought to be. I mean, I mean, if you don't have friends, you might ought to sit down and, and think about that. Well, I don't have any friends. Well, okay. And the Bible says, show yourself friendly. Uh, I'm thankful for people in my life. And so many mothers in the faith. Think of Wanda Cole, who didn't hesitate to tell me how the cow chewed the cabbage. That's another Ozark deal. You have to find out later about it. Okay. But uh, all of these folks are in heaven right now. I think uh, Sister Carol is not in heaven. She's here, but I thank God for her. She invested so much in my life. Worked with us 30 years in ministry. Mm. Brother Hacker, Sister Hacker, your husband was such a blessing to me, Sister. And I think about him, especially this past week when I was in the hospital all week. Boy, he covered a lot of territories for me. I love him. And uh, he always said, stay humble, Pastor Ron, stay humble. I don't want to get too mushy. I just don't want you to forget this year to remember people. God placed him in your life for a reason, right? And God's been so gracious to us, to Melissa and I both, uh, men and women in our lives. I think people who invested in my life right now and who are consistently encouraging us now. And then what God is doing in them. I'm so grateful for the way God's working in their lives. No greater thrill is to see God's people walk in obedience and watching God's blessing. Just talking to Jimmy and Frankie. Uh, they're new to Oak Grove. and uh, Walking through mentorship together. 
can't wait to see what God's going to do. And Matthew, welcome home, brother. And, 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 and Tyler and, and, and what God is doing in their life. I mean, it's awesome to see young men step up and have a call of God and say, show me, teach me, help me, walk with me, help me to be the man of God. Yeah, absolutely. And I love them and I appreciate them. I'm thankful for y'all. Um, also, he said that, that he's thankful uh, for problems. I know you're about to love this one. <laughs> and verses 12 through 14, uh, problems, problems. Are you thankful? I'm not thankful for problems. I'm thankful in the problem. You know, it's hard because problems draw you away. It seems like they try to draw you away from the presence of the Lord. But, I mean, oh, the problem ought to bring you deeper into the power of God. And so he was thankful every situation he found himself in. He's not thankful for the problem. He was. He was thankful in the problem. And he gives the benefits of struggles he faced. Uh, uh, Paul said, I've been in prison. You know, I've been in prison. But while I was talking to the, this church here, uh, he's saying, hey, uh, the thank you for partnering with me in the ministry. So he's thankful for the people. He's also thankful in the problem because in the problem, he had strategic contacts. Strategic contacts came out of that. How many know that people have, have made contact in your life with you and, and it turned out to be strategic, and God used it. I mean, Brian and Debbie, many years ago, 30 years ago, we were in contact with them when we were on staff, Ralph and Sandy as well. Lo and behold, Peace Chapel moved to Old Grove, and here we are. No, not everybody, but most of them are at Brighton. But anyway, anyway, God has seasons for churches. You understand what I'm saying? Even Old Grove had her share of her season. And uh, a lot of great people were here at a certain times. And then they left. And then they came back, and some of them came back and left again. I know one family came back and left five times. So don't lose heart. They could come back. I've seen it happen. But strategic contacts happen. You know, I took Jake and uh, went on to Thailand with Jake. Jake comes back. He said, Pastor, help me talk to my wife. I think I have a call to Thailand. (laughs) I mean, the call is always confirmed by whether the wife wants to go. Always came back and she was ready. She was ready. And now they're in, now they're in Thailand. I spoke to them this week. Very good. Caden's doing well. Thank you for the prayers for Caden. Amen. He was really sick. And I don't know if you know, know that or heard that, but, but uh, I didn't even hear it until I talked to her this week. And uh, he's doing out of the hospital and he's doing good. Just a bad week last week. So many people in the hospital, but, but strategic contacts. You never know what God is up to and who you meet. So be careful how you treat people. If you're trying to go up this, this corporate ladder, be careful on the way up uh, because, because you might meet them on the way down. Be careful how you treat people. Max and I were talking about ladder holders. He could have used one, huh, Max? A good one, a good one. But thank God all he has is a bum arm. He had, he had a plate put in his arm. And uh, I mean, giving God praise for Max and, and how he came through that. But a ladder holder, a ladder holder is very important in your life. The people, because God gives you strategic contacts. And if you don't have somebody holding your ladder, you could fall. That's why I'm grateful for the people God put in my life. Everybody needs somebody. Amen. (coughs) Every pastor needs a pastor. That's for sure. And that's why uh, the day after Thanksgiving, I'm going all the way to Australia to, to pastor some missionaries. Because they get a call of God and they go across the world and they don't have a pastor. They leave their pastor to go and, and reach the lost and help people. And, and they don't always have a pastor. 
they have other missionaries and they have like uh, uh, missionary uh, helpers and uh, field moderators, but they're all busy doing their job. They don't have a lot of time to give to the missionaries in their personal families. And I found myself burdened over the people that, especially the ones we've sent out of here, uh, to make sure that their families are still in good shape. I mean, it's important that you keep a pastor. Or a mentor or somebody in your life so you can keep on strategic contacts. It strengthens and encourages other people. So he said, the people that I met, for the sake of the gospel, the problem that I had in being in these chains was, was actually helping other people to have courage, right? They found courage through my pain, I'm sure tied to the Apostle Paul, 16 guards, 24 hours a day, right? Every day. He's, I mean, no, he wasn't shy. Paul didn't have to have a lesson on how to share his faith. He told everybody about Jesus. And they got strong. He gave their time. Can I just tell you today on, on the weekend of Thanksgiving, you have a testimony. I mean, oh, God gave you a story. Well, Pastor, I really didn't do anything bad. You don't have to do anything bad. You were just as lost as me. I mean, glad Jesus saved us all. And the worst town drunk or drug addict, prostitute, doesn't matter what they're involved in today. How I many know oh, Jesus still saves? There's hope for this world. The reason that the God is, uh, the God of this world has blinded their eyes, they started out with ingratitude. Just a simple unthankful. Not a no thank you, but ungrateful. Not even acknowledging that God exists. Not even acknowledging. In fact, they're going to worship other gods. Anything. Somebody sent me on Facebook a picture of watching football, and I love football. I watch it all the time. But I don't think I'm going to go into the blizzard. I'm not going to sit in a blizzard. They got snow on top of them. 20 below, and they're watching guys chasing football. I'm not that passionate about it. So, so the stadiums are full today, but the churches are empty. Ingratitude. They're not grateful to have a place. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for Oak Grove Assembly. Come on, somebody ought to give God praise. We are. And we're grateful. And he said, most of all, for his Savior, he celebrated the fact that God was getting the glory, and he was okay with that. It was eternal contentment for everything down here is temporary. The Lord put that on my heart just recently. Hey, everything here is temporary. Everything here is going to die. It's going to die. It's going to go away. It's just temporary. I said, I said, even the church is temporary down here. I mean, no, we're just one trumpet sound away from getting out of here. And so we have to do what we have to do right now. If we're going to evangelize, how many know we're going to evangelize now? We're going to be grateful. We have to be grateful now. The people God put in your life, even the problems God put in your life or allowed to be in your life, God doesn't put them in your life, but he allows them to be. Some of them are God-designed so you can grow. Some of the trials we face are God-designed so that we can grow. Some of them is just plain old life. Some of them are self-induced. How many of you ever shot yourself in the foot? Anybody? Yeah, well, I got good news. God still heals feet. Don't shoot yourself. But if you do, forgive yourself. So I recognize that during the problem, it's not easy to give thanks. I love the story from Matthew Henry. He's a great commentator. One of my first commentaries Melissa bought for me, Matthew Henry, about that thick. I didn't read the whole thing. 
but I looked at bits and pieces. It's a, it's a commentary on the scriptures. And uh, Matthew Henry reveals how a Christian should think when circumstances don't, don't go the way uh, we would necessarily like. Has that ever happened to you? And he said he was once robbed by thieves who took all of his money. Opening his diary late that evening, Henry wrote, let me be thankful first because I was never robbed before. I mean, that's a pretty awesome perspective. His whole life, he'd never been robbed. This was the first time. So he's thanking God he'd never been robbed before. That's just revolutionary. Second, he was thankful because although they took his purse, um, it's a mercy now. Okay, sir. But anyway, they didn't take his life. They didn't take his life. They took his money and his purse, but they didn't take his life. I mean, no, that's perspective. We just said it about Serena and Gary. Yeah, he messed up his beautiful brand new truck, but he's still intact. Max, the leaves are still on the roof, but you're in good shape. And Terry Rupert will go get those leaves for you, I promise you. He's looking through the door looking at me. He don't like it when I talk about it. Anyway, don't you love Terry? He just ran away. He just ran away. I did that to him on purpose. Anyway, the third thing is that Matthew Henry said, although they took all everything I had, it wasn't really much. I mean, I ask, I ask people all the time, I say, hey, I'm not really all that. So, I mean, dead men don't bleed. You can cut me and it's all right. I'll forgive you because I don't really, I mean, there's no offense. Did you know offense is different than being offended? You're never going to stop an offense, but you can stop yourself from being offended all the time. And people are just really offended all the time. Very, very hypersensitive. It's just even, even if you say hello, you're there, you're offended them. If you don't say hello, you offended them. And that's why you got to know your culture. I mean, you got to know your culture. I mean, uh, doing a lot of missions work and going overseas, I learned a lot of things I shouldn't do in the wrong culture. So I went to Africa, and I was just like, yeah, come on, come on, come on. That is not good. I learned that that is not good. That is a proposition. So I was telling everybody, hey, let's go. Come on, come on. That's what we do in the Ozarks. But you have to do this in Africa. This, not this. I didn't know. How many of you ever say, I didn't know? So we are very uneducated about a lot of people's culture. So today it's very easy to offend. Very easy to offend. In fact, I don't even know the culture we're talking to today. It's really insane. I don't even know where they're coming from sometimes. So they get easily offended. I'm saying, I'm sorry. Five years ago, it was okay to say that. Three minutes ago, changes so much. So fourthly, because he was the one uh, who was robbed and not the one who was doing the robbing. That's perspective right there. So, so Paul's saying, I'm thankful for all of that. And, uh, and then he says, um, well, I'm just, I'm just going to the end. I must be ready to go home. Paul said, I'm thankful for my past deliverances. Man, if you look at Philippians, go ahead and look at it on your own. God delivered me, he said, from from dangers in the in the sea and dangers of my own family, my own people uh in danger. I was I was left naked and hungry and thirsty and uh I, I discovered surfing. Remember he was the first one to surf in the New Testament? 
came to the shore on a driftwood. Yeah, Paul. Left for dead. How many times? Beaten 39 times with a rod. And you think you've got it bad. One more beating. One more hit. He would have been dead. Left for dead. Pull out windows. Right? He preached till people got so bored they fell out the window and broke their neck. But but he was kind enough to lay hands on them and they got resurrected. Now, I mean, no, that's a pretty exciting life. I'd like to lay hands on some of you and resurrect you right now, Jesus. God bless you. But he was, he was praising God for past deliverances, although he said he had confidence uh, at one time in his flesh. If anybody else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, he said, I have more. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day, the nation of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, regarding the law, a Pharisee, right? Regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteous that is in the law, blameless. But in everything that was gained to me, I have considered it to be lost because of Christ. More than that, I also consider everything to be lost in view of surpassing value of knowing Jesus as my Lord. Because of him, I've suffered the loss of all things and considered them filth filth so that i might gain christ and be found in him not having righteousness of my own from the law but one that is through faith in christ the righteousness from god based on faith my goal paul says is to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death paul wanted to know god and make god known remember missions convention just a few weeks ago with jonah That's our goal. Old Grove, don't ever lose focus. Stay at peace. Be content. I know the world decaying. I know it. But I mean, Jesus still died for them. There's still hope for people in Greene County. We don't have to go all the way to Australia next week to reach people. How many know there are lost people right here in town? And confused. I'm talking about confused. You just don't even know how to articulate words to them. But you got to find a way. I mean, it's probably best on your knees. It's not going to be conquered intellectually. We're not going to have revival intellectually. We're not going to reason our way into a Holy Ghost-filled revival. How I many know we need the Holy Spirit to help us? And Paul was thankful for the deliverances he had in his passing. And if we're Christians, we can always be thankful for the grace of God. We can always be thankful for a relationship with Jesus. Where would Pastor Ron be today? If Jesus had not rescued my life. Can you say that today? Where would you be? So I just got a couple of things for you. Um, I want to quit, but it's not time. Paul's thankful for his future. Heaven is his home. He's a citizen of heaven. That's in verse 20. And then his personal relationship with Christ. Verse 13. I can do all things through Christ. So I just want to leave you with this. Very simple thought. And I, I want you to uh, to take this down. Max, if you're taking notes, this is good. Uh, somebody can write. David, can you write for him? He's, he's got. Yeah, yeah, here we go. Cheer up and be courteous. Come on, this Thanksgiving, cheer up. I know there's trouble in this world for a little while. But how many know Jesus is coming? We ought to have joy of the Lord. I said, we ought to cheer up. Have good cheer. I have overcome the world. That's what he said. And then toughen up and be content. Stop allowing all these people to offend you all the time. If every day somebody offends you, take note of that. Who are you to always be offended? Right? Aren't we dead in Jesus? Aren't we dead in Christ? 
Quit being offended all the time. If you're a living sacrifice, that means that you're no longer living. It's Christ that lives in you. And Jesus knew it would be hard in these last days. He knew it would be tough. It's tough. It's tough as nails, and he knew that, right? He knew it wasn't really going to be worth living if you didn't have if you didn't have uh, burn every now and then. Somebody's going to burn you in the days ahead. Somebody's going to burn you. Somebody's going to bruise you. Somebody's going to break you. But God wants to help you. So cheer up and, and be courteous. Uh, toughen up and be content. Step up and be courageous. Um, just let God help you uh, lead. How many leaders are in the room? You want to be, How many aspire to be a leader? How many didn't know you were a leader? <laughs> if you're a parent, you're a leader. You're leading your family. So you need to be courageous. I mean, no, parents need to be really courageous in the day we live in. But why? They threw the Bible away. There's a generation don't even know what to be. I don't even have a model. I don't even have blueprints. Somebody threw the blueprint away. I mean, no, Jesus is still the blueprint. The word of God is still the map for a, a wise person to follow and end up in the destiny declared and designed by God himself. So be a courageous leader. We're doing our best to lead in this culture. Hey, you know what? In, in a blended church like ours, it's, it's a guarantee nobody's happy. This generation don't like that generation. That generation don't like this generation. Just hang in there. We're all going to get there. Melissa and I, we, we only pilot one church. Actually, we're the co-pilots. Jesus is the pilot. Really? He's not going to give me total control of the plane. Jesus knows better. But we are responsible for taking you on a journey, and the journey is heaven. And all I want to know is that all of you will end up at that destination. That's our responsibility. That's the burden we carry. That's what we are trying to do to keep to keep morale up. So pray up and be compassionate. Man, there's a lot of people out there that need God. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. 2023, may it be the year where you come out of your comfort zone and start being compassionately courageous and telling somebody about your story and your faith. If you're working with somebody for 20 years, they don't even know you're a Christian. What is going on with that? So lighten up and find joy. Lighten up. Lighten up. People are so serious. Serious. I mean, just take a look in the mirror. That ought to help you. Look what God created and just take a smile at it. And finally, be ready to go up. Chrissy and the worship team are coming back, and some of you need to be ready to attend your own funeral because Jesus is coming. Hey, this is not the day to be playing church. Certainly not today to develop an ungrateful attitude. So it could be, I don't know where you are in that, in that whole process. If it's very, very subtle. Yeah, the ingratitude is very subtle. It comes in slowly. You forget to open the door for people. You forget to salute veterans. I tell every veteran I see with a cap, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you for your service. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, are we ever going to get to the place where we're ingrateful, ungrateful for their service? Are we? Not us. Not us. I said not us. Not Old Grove. So there's a lot of, uh, there's a, there's a, in case you didn't know, there is a, oh, there is a, uh, a labor shortage in America. 
So if you go to the restaurant, it may take a little longer for your food to get to your table. Have you noticed? No? Oh, you're eating bologna too, eh? I get it. No more restaurants. Inflation. But whoever made the bologna sandwich for you, how many know you ought to say thank you? Develop an attitude of gratitude because your attitude is going to determine your altitude. Your attitude is going to determine your altitude. If you can't even say thank you and please, if you don't even have regular manners, it's going to jump on you like a bear. It's going to jump on you. All of a sudden, you forgot about the people God placed in your life. Your spouse is a gift. Your parents are a gift. Your church members are a gift. Your students are a gift. Your boss is a gift. People you work with are a gift. Even the lost can be considered a gift if we have a desire to go reach them. If you don't love them, you're not even going to try to reach them. And it's easy to stiff arm this generation who doesn't want to know God or the things of God. But that'll never work. How many know we'll never reach them if we don't have compassion and a burden for them? So would you stand with me this morning?